Hello everyone, how are you doing? My name is Shintaro Higashi and you guys are listening to the Shintaro Higashi Show with Peter Yu. Thanks everyone for being here. Today we're going to talk about the belt system. Right, so Judo has a whole history with the belt system, different variations and whatnot. So let's start with at the beginning. What happened in the beginning that made Kano introduce the belt system? So supposedly... Supposedly, uh-huh. Kano invented this belt system, which has been adopted all over the world. And you right. hear this in jargon that's not even related to martial arts. He's a black belt in finance, or he's a black <laughs> belt in this, right? So like, yeah. That's a huge deal, right? The black belt has become synonymous with like someone right. mastering something. So that's an amazing thing. And supposedly, Kano started it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it started with Kano's training gi, right? The right. judo gi. The uniform, that pajama-looking thing that people are like, well, you, you know, pajama wrestling this. Yeah. And it's kind of like people look at it like, oh, it's like a karate key thing. Right. So anyway, they, he invented this thing, I guess. So it's like you could grab and it creates more handles around the body to make you an effect, more effective grappler, right? Right. And then it teaches you and it forces you to learn more intricate stuff. And my best sort of thing that I say all the time with gi and no gi so why do we train with the gi? Because it adds a layer of complexity and it slows it down a little bit more. Therefore, mm. it becomes like this massive, massive learning tool. Right, right. Because if you think about it, all the things you do in no gi, you could still do with the gi. Mm-hmm. But all the stuff that you do with the gi, you can't do in no gi. So right. there's a little bit more stuff there when you can mm-hmm. do use the gi. Right. It's like the right. superset of the no gi stuff. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. And also, yeah, you could argue gi, no gi, all this stuff, but it's relevant because, you know, the gi opens up, you need to tie something together, that's where the butt comes in. But before I even get to that, with the gi, it slows everything down too. Right. Because if I grab someone's wrist, that's very fleeting. It can be gone in a second. But once I establish a grip on somebody, right, with the gi, it sticks Mm -hmm. around a little bit more, and then you could really transfer energy to somebody, right? And especially being a little bit more further out, not like locked in like body lock. So that's a really cool thing. But they needed something to hold the thing together. Therefore, the belt comes into play. <laughs> right. And then in yes. the beginning, everyone wore a white belt. So white belt. White yeah. gi top, white pants, white belt. No black belt. Huh? No color. No black no belt. Color, Supposedly. No color belt. Supposedly. Yeah. So the gi gets really dirty, right? Sweat. Right. You sweat in it. People bleed on it. So you have to wash it. Mm-hmm. But because of sumo culture with the mawashi the diaper looking thing, uh-huh. you're not supposed to wash the mawashi. It was like a traditional thing. I know it sounds disgusting, <laughs> but you never wash your belt because uh-huh. there's this superstition of like, oh, you know, you gain patna, right? Uh-huh. Or patina. Uh-huh. Right? You gain knowledge and it acquires and accumulates. If you wash your belt, you like wash away it all goes the away. too. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Who knows if that's true, but you just don't wash your belt. That's not something that you do, uh-huh. right? And... You know, it's a centerpiece of your thing and you want to show how much training you've done and all this stuff goes into it. You just never wash it. You wash your gi. The gi gets, stays white. The belt right. gets dirtier, 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 dirtier. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have this like dirty, 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 dark looking belt. Uh. So when you walk into a dojo in those times, person with the dirtiest belt has put in the most amount of training. Mm. And that person's probably the best. Right. right? I see. You're right. So, you know, people say a black belt, all a black belt is, is a dirty white belt. <laughs> right, you've seen, you hear people yeah. say that and people love those isms you know? I, people, I, I oh. like that yeah <laughs> and then it's like what about the red belt it's like a uh, red belt uh, I don't <laughs> it doesn't yeah, have a what, really cool one yeah how about your yeah. belt huh red and white and your dad's red, white. red belt <laughs> so it's like it signifies the beginning and signifies me bleeding 
<laughs> Who knows no, what it right. what it means? Uh, I'm sure someone does, but yeah. So the white black belt that was it. So in the right. beginning, white and black belt, that's it. And then yep. I I know because I I did some judo in Korea too. They only had and in Japan too, right? They still only have white and black. Mostly and white also. and black. That's yeah. it. If you right. go to a kids program, they'll have yellow and green and all this right. stuff. Right. Right. I see. I right. see. Yeah, but so, the basically any sort of uh, progression situation in Japan, they have Q grade and downgrade. Mm-hmm. So that's everything is based around that, and the belt system corresponds to that Q grade downgrade system. Right, which yeah. still happens around the world. Like Q and down, everyone happens, gets that. Yeah, 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 and it's a little confusing and it's a little bit antiquated. So like, I'm not, I don't get into it too deep at mm-hmm. my school. So like, if you ask a green belt at my dojo, like, what Q are you? He'll be like, what are you talking about? Right, right, right. So it's not part of my daily communication. And, you know, some people will uh, criticize me for that. But I just mm. don't think it's that necessary to, to know it. Mm. Right. So then just to touch on it, the cues start from 10 to go down to 1, right? Uh, Did you catch it? all that? Because you cut out for a little bit on the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, ca- I caught all that, I think. You that? All yeah. Right. We'll, we'll splice this out. Okay, so... yeah. So the cue of just kind of go over the cues and downs just for yeah. the sake of coverage. So cues start high down to one, right? Like what, mm-hmm. ten, 10 cue to one cue or ju cue to EQ, I guess. Yeah. And then you get shodan, yeah. which is the first one, which means yeah. the first dan, and then nidan sandan to judan, right? Tenth. Yeah. So there's cue grade. And then mm. downgrade, and mm. downgrade is the mastery area. Right. So much so that if you're a Q grade person, mm. they'll say you're a mudansha, mudansha, which means uh, like you're a no dan. Yeah. Yeah. She's like ah mudansha. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So that comes also with the philosophy of the first time you get a don, a first don, right? Now all of a sudden, that's where your training begins, because mm. now you have the foundation. So there's Q grade and downgrade. And like you said, it goes down. So it's almost like a countdown until you get a downgrade. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. And then that's why Yuran Shakai, the people with the, the association of people with Dan degrees exists, right? That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for you. That was amazing. <laughs> it's almost like you speak Japanese. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So then uh, what, and another thing is that like the concept of the black belt, I think it, there's some difference between how it's perceived in the Western world and then yep, how it's definitely perceived in the Eastern world, like Korean Japan, yeah, for example. Yeah. Like shodan, we don't say yeah. Shodan doesn't, nothing. yeah, it doesn't really mean that. Yeah, it it, it has some mastery. Shodan it's like, is the first don, yeah. right? That that's yep. when you start. Like you kind of yeah. know what judo is, right? Yep, and then. So in the Western world, if you get a black belt, I think I get you can see it in BJJ. If you have a black belt yeah. in BJJ, you're like a master, right? Yeah, master, yeah. Yeah. But it's different. So, yeah. you know, if you ask somebody in Japan, like, what's your rank in judo? They don't say right. I'm a black belt. They don't say right. that. Right? right, right, right. They say, nandan. It's like, what yeah. dan are you? Yeah. So then if you hear like, shodan, they're like, ah, nidan. <laughs> okay, you've done a little judo. Sandan. Yeah. Like, okay, so from sandan, like third dan, third degree black belt, right. that's where they're like, okay, so, you know, maybe you were pretty good, right? Right. And then it goes up to 10th on. So it goes right. first degree, second, all the way to 10th degree. And based on that, like it really, really legitimizes you. Right. And it's not just judo. You right. have this system for everything. 
everything. I know they have you can for get like go. a third down, yeah, for go, for chess, or this, right. or you know. So they do this all the time. So like the Q grade system, the downgrade system, it's across the board. Every almost every skill that can right. be sort of measured, they'll do yeah. this. I see. So yeah. it's it's very clean. Uh-huh. You know, if I went to Japan and they say, "Oh, you do judo," and you know, even if like a young teenage person's like, "Hey, what nandan? What yeah. dan?" and I'm like, "I'm a sixth dan." Yeah. Then they're like, "Oh wow! Like you're that's you know, so that's pretty cool." Nice, nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, then, so where do the how did the colors come in here? Colored belts. When did I think that it was come? more of a Western thing, right? Right. So now you have the white and the black belt, and then white it's whatever Q grade that you start with. Like I said, it was a countdown. So if you look at white belt as sixth Q mm. or tenth Q, depending on where you are, right? Because you have to fill the cues with the different belts. But let's just say it's 10th Q or 6th Q or whatever it is. And then you have Shodan, which is the first degree. And that's the black. Now you have the, just the two different colors, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're a third degree, fifth degree. You still keep that same black belt. Right, but right. you don't really, you know, get that much. So maybe like sort of the stripe system of like having one line across, two lines mm-hmm. across to show that what Don you are. That probably happened at some point. And then BJJ does was, that, right? BJJ does yeah, that. Judo does yeah. it too. Right? Oh, they do. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Not not everywhere in Japan you don't see it as much, which right. is kind of interesting. But like uh, judo schools over here definitely do that. I I I don't have stripes on my black belt. Yeah, Maybe I should you, add. A... <laughs> you can. Yeah. So yeah. So then you know I think uh, I kind of want to say it was the French. It was a Japanese sensei that went to France and France, they came okay. up, you know, to keep. Right, because if you're tenth Q to be having foundation to black belt, and now mm. all of a sudden you have no markers or no indicators of your progression, people are gonna get bored with it. Right? Think about every video right. game that you've ever played. Call right, of Duty, right. you're like level one. You play one game, you're level two. You came two games, you're like level three, and then you know the time in between gets longer and longer. But by the time you're like level twenty three, you're sort of invested. Right, 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 right. And you have all this and that, and you start taking pride of this, and then you know that is the message in a lot of martial arts schools. Like this is your belt. Don't put it on the floor. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is your rank. You earn the rank. You know, and if you go to Taekwondo school, it's like this is your orange belt, signifies the rising sun and right. then the sunset that you train from morning <laughs> to night, and this and that. And, you know, yeah. like so you, yeah. you know, it's a way to have people buy into it too, and it's a mm-hmm. way for people to have pride in saying I earn something, mm-hmm. right? It's like more of an yeah. external, like more explicit signal that you're progressing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So mm. it's an extrinsic motivator for sure because people want something that they could, hey, look, this is something you can never take away from me. Like, I earned this. Look at this mm. degree, you know, something like that. So then, okay, so we <laughs> cover the concepts. Well, I guess, and then you have the, let's kind of talk about the black belts and the, the color belts in the Dan degree. Sure. Yes, yeah. uh, before we move on to other stuff uh so black belt shodan to go down like uh first degree to yeah. fifth degree you wear black and like black belt. and then someone six, like seven, you eight yeah is red and white six seven eight is red, and, is white. red and white and yeah. then oh and the ninth and tenth is red. are red and your yeah. your father is a ninth degree right yes he's ninth. nice yeah and then pretty legit yeah, yeah. It's amazing <laughs> and then yeah, so and then the sixth yeah. So how how does the so I know that um, 
from shodan to maybe sandan <laughs> yodan it's all mostly skill based right like you got to win points competitions and whatnot depends uh, on what track you're on mm. so <clears throat> this is the thing about the belt people from the outside think it's an objective thing if you're right. sixth you're better than fifth if you're fifth you're better than third right mm. things like that it is not objective at all mm. it's not objective at all uh, it's very very subjective especially at the lower level of shodan nidan it's mm. like I'm an instructor. This guy's been doing it for that long. Like, this is our dojo criteria. Do I give mm. him a dojo belt or do I give him a, a rank that's recognized by a bigger organization? For us, right. it's Hudson Judo that's recognized by USJF, right? So, mm. under that whole pipeline, right? And the USJF has contacts with Kodokan, so you can apply for a Kodokan belt. Mm. So, now, all of a sudden, you have this chain of, like, me, here you go, Hudson, here it is. This is the criteria for Hudson. They put it to USJF, now you have Kodokan. <clears throat> now when they give you a certificate for Shodan, that's recognized globally. Kodokan right. is the Mecca of Judo, right? Right, right. Can I say that? Mecca? Is that, yeah. a, is that cool to say? Right? It is it's the Mecca, like yeah. the center of Judo, yeah. right? So that is a thing. That's a special, special thing. Right. How do you get that, right? So does it start with me just handing this thing, right? Is there any sort of verification process, mm -hmm. right? Yes, no, maybe. Right? How is this person different than the person standing next to him who got his black belt that was just handed to him by an instructor, I don't know, in Africa or something, right? That the person before that did judo and the person before that did judo and right? Mm -hmm. How do you determine who's right. more legit? You really can't. So it's uh -huh. a subjective thing. And you know, for me to say, ah, your skill's not there, you, you don't deserve to wear that, like that's not really my place to be able to to, to do that, you know? Right. But sometimes you'll see like uh you know, a crazy abhorrent thing of like, this guy has definitely never done judo in his life, but he's wearing a black belt. Like, take that off, right? Right, but right. You rarely right. ever see that because judo is a show me sport. It's like, show mm -hmm. me that you could take me down, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, um, and it's like, <laughs> you definitely had a black belt. So right. it really happens because, you know, you get your butt kicked and smashed. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely subjective. Uh, I right? see. And we got to kind of think about that in a way. Before we kind of get into it and, you know, people want to believe what you're thinking of, Peter, is like this meritocracy promotional system right, at the right. local level where they have to compete if they're on the competitor track. Right, right, right. right? I see. Then and there's the competitor a non-competitor track. is a little track, bit different right. than yeah. the non-competitor track, which is a little bit more time-based. Mm. And that's a path in all in itself because competition is not for everyone. Not everyone can compete, you know. Maybe you were a competitive athlete before you had three knee surgeries and you just simply cannot do judo at the same capacity, right? You know, as a you or a Luca from my dojo or something. Mm. You just can't, right? 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 Like, we're gonna tell them, like, oh, you'll never be a black belt, like, forget it. That, mm -hmm. That's not right either, right? Rob them the chance of being good at judo mm -hmm. and gain the benefits of that. So, and being a competitor, yeah, a good competitor doesn't necessarily mean that you're like your judo knowledge is the best, I guess, in a way. Yeah, you're yeah. good at one thing, you know, yeah. competing. So one right? aspect of judo. Yeah, yeah, one aspect of it. You're competing under the rules of competition. Right. There's a lot more to judo mm. and grappling than just the rule sets that guide that competitive realm. Right. Right. Yeah. So then, so having keeping that in mind, um, how do you how do you recommend people approach the bell system and, and progressing through the bell system, like it. Uh, Mm, that's a very good question. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's a little bit different, right? 
um, the way I approach it at the dojo right. is I tell people it is a merit-based system, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a white belt coming into the dojo, and there's two sort of uh, philosophies on this. Some people say every dojo has to have a clear path to the black belt, clear path, mm-hmm. no matter what. It should be laid out like a curriculum. You know, you come for 10 classes, you get a yellow belt. You come for 30 classes, you get a you know green belt. And then you have to do 100 classes before you get to a brown belt. Then you have to show me the kata, show me this. This is the criteria. You have to pay for it. And then you have to take this test and you have to do that. And then all of a sudden, you could definitely get a black belt in five years, right? Mm. And that, I get that. You know, I get people who like having the syllabus, the right. student type where it's like, I have to do these things, checkbox here, you know, and maybe even within that plan, it's like you have to do one white belt competition, one green belt competition. Can the competition requirement be waived if you are, you know, not capable of doing it? Yes. Right. And then having that. I don't do it like that at all. I don't do it like that at all. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it requires a system that needs to be managed and it's very time consuming for me to, <laughs> to keep track of all that stuff, you know. Uh, but you know, you develop sort of an eye a little bit too, right? Right. right. And I see the effort of the people, and there is sort of a general timeline mm-hmm. of like how long it takes from white to yellow. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's probably like three to six months, right? Mm. Three to six months, or the ability for that athlete to take a break fall properly in the nagekomi context of not going live. We're not even right, talking. Right, right. White belts don't do live at school. Right. Right. You know this. Right? Yeah. Are they capable of doing the waza mm-hmm. live? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the criteria for us. And then are you sort of putting in the proper effort, showing up, and can are you on sort of the top 50 percentile of, of the, white, the belt, white belts, crop of white belts that are in mm-hmm. the room right now? Mm-hmm. So the entire dojo kind of shifts. It's, I guess you could look at it like a curve, mm-hmm. right? And right. that's sort of my system. And uh, I like that way because it's like I'm showing up day in and day out. And yes, some people fall to the cracks. I'm sorry. You know, yes, mm. people should. I'm not criticizing anybody that takes attendance and counts and how many classes that they've been. Right. right? I'm not criticizing any of that. It's just my method. Mm-hmm. You know, because that way I could look at the effort. And a lot of the dojo is structured in that way. When we do the one minute burpees at the end, who's pushing, who's not pushing. Right. Mm. If someone's coming in three times a week, that person's on my radar. Lawrence mm. is a new kid. He's a small Filipino kid. He's probably like 130 pounds. He signed up and he's come to every single practice. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Maybe like for like a month and a half now. You know, and like that kid's on Good my radar. Yeah. Did I think he was going to be good in the beginning? No, I did not. Uh. But now I'm like, okay, this kid's putting in a lot of effort. Is he going to beat the 190-pound white belt that comes in with jiu-jitsu and wrestling experience? Definitely not yet. Right? Right, right, right. But this kid is can potentially get good yeah so now i'm already thinking about and when i do the one minute burpees pushing himself he asking to do more nawaza randori which like sometimes we do at the end of that initial Mm -hmm. beginner intermediate class and he's just a nice polite kid and now i'm like all right this kid if i do like uh you know and i kind of do it on a whim too it's like oh you know it's been a while since i promote it's gonna be oh we're gonna do promotion today let's see who deserves it oh that kid definitely deserves it right 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 something like that you know, Dude, he could be a good partner for David, my David. brother. Yeah, 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 percent. Yeah, yeah. that's yet. good. Yeah, soon. <laughs> Keep so it something up, like that, you know. Yeah. So that's the way I like. I like to, you know, structure it, and then, it, mm-hmm. and people have criticisms of that too. Right, right. How can you look at everybody? And there's a critical mass, sort of a number. If I can't do that, if there's more than a hundred people in the room all the time. Right, right. First right. of all, we can't fit a hundred people in the room. Right, but 
If I have 100 members and there's consistently 25 to 30 people in the room, which is generally where we are in the adult program, right? Right now, it's a little bit of a different time because of COVID. But right. like generally, that's kind of the the gist of the program. I have 100 people signed up and probably 25 to 35 people in the room at once. Mm. And then day in and day out, I'm having conversation. I'm scanning the room. I'm looking and see who's training. I work out with this guy. I work with that. And then it's like I kind of get a feel of it. And it's like every six months or so, it's like, all right, we're going to do a belt promotion. Who deserves it? Mm. All right. Looking. Yes, that guy. That guy. That guy. That guy. And, uh, you know, and it's not always merit-based. It's effort, right? It's where you started to where you are now. Right. Right. Because you can't have everybody going under the same standard. Right. You can't have everyone just getting re- rewarded on time that they're there. Right? right. None of it is fair. Right. That's the thing. That's the reality of it. It's just, it's simply not fair. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Dude. the clear path to success situation, it seems fair, but like it, that itself is not fair too, because you could just be showing up and hanging out. You could just be showing up, hanging right. out. That person has nothing else going on in there. Like they just have more time to show up. Right. Is that fair? No, right? Everyone has a different thing and there's just so many different factors contributing contributing to it. It's like, and that's the problem sort of with the belt system and you kind of have to have like a step benevolent dictator situation always, <laughs> like sort of the philosophy that it comes down to, you know, right? You're, you're benevolent, so it works. <laughs> so the... I mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to think of myself as a dictator, but I mean... <laughs> It's hard to have not have that sensei syndrome right. when you're the only red and white belt in the room. Right, right, right. You know, and or even in like a you know, certain mile radius and people are seeking answers and because they see it as a objective thing of you're right. a red and white belt. You're the second from the top, right? In the right. belt division situation. So it's like it's hard not to gas I, myself up and you know <laughs> But that thing what syndrome. one good thing, like the main point you're trying to make is that everyone's situation is different like someone like you said someone could be yeah. you know very busy with their with their work yeah but if they show up uh even once a week and when they're busting their ass to like yeah. keep up with and then make uh get good at judo he yeah. or she deserves the next belt you know yep. and then yep. every the whole context has to be you love considering the whole context, even in yep. judo and yeah, and it can judo. be a very, very side hustle intensive thing to be able right. to do and follow up. Right now, mm. I have to manage this entire system. I have to print out the syllabus and do the yeah. check boxes and a lot of, especially when you get to the don grades with the organizations that give those things to legitimize right. it and to verify it. It becomes very, very paperwork heavy. Mm. You know this, yeah, right? I, yeah. Went Hudson judo, yeah. Yeah, so if you want a first degree, second degree, third degree from Hudson Judo, which gets pushed up the USJF, which gets pushed up the Kodokan, you have to do all the paperwork necessary. Mm. You have to check all the boxes. You have to write down all the people who you've competed against. You got to get a recommendation letter from me. You have to do a sports safety course. You have to do a concussion course, right? You have to do, uh, you know, child touching, don't do this, molestation, minor yeah. safety, whatever it is situation. And you have to submit all that stuff. And you have to submit it on a deadline. And then you have to show up and then apply for a kata exam where you show your kata. Like it is just crazy how much stuff that you kind of have to do. So when I see somebody that's a red and white belt that's verified through some of these systems, I sometimes think to myself like this is a person that knows how to fill out paperwork. <laughs> 
I yeah. mean, it's it's important. That's important too, you know, for following because, it up yeah. with the. Logistics. And they have all these different time deductions. Right. So if they say for me, sixth to seventh degree, mm-hmm. sixth to seventh dawn, right? How many years is it? Mm-hmm. Many, many years. But if you're A level competitor, it's supposed to be seven years, I think. Mm. Right. So I need seven years from the time that I got my sixth in order to apply for the seventh because I'm an A level competitor. Right. 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 I uh, made a world team. So that automatically qualifies me for a much shorter time period as to my opposition who never made a world team might take them 15 years in between rank. So now I already have a time Mm -hmm. deduction. So now it's seven years. It's like, do you coach? Yes, I do. Take 5% off, right? Mm. What do you do for the sport? I have these judo videos. I teach judo, not just in the local setting, but the overall setting. Okay, that may be a deduction. Things like this. Do you have a coaching certification? You do. International, (laughs) yes, I do. Okay, that's a deduction, right? Uh That's a 5% off the top or something. I'm making up numbers right now because I can't really think exactly. So, and fortunately for me, you know, my dad loves this stuff. So (laughs) he definitely helps me out with this and then he stays on top of it. It's like, hey, do you know, like with all the deductions now and all this stuff that you're capable of applying for this? And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess so. Because if it were left to me with the way my life was, you know, I probably wouldn't have done all this stuff because I'm not good with paperwork and administrative stuff. You know, mm. I do it. I'm not saying my dad does all of it. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I do it. I do it because, but, but you he, know, I have uh, reminders. He keeps you, know, you on uh, your toes. Gentle, yeah. Keeps me on my toes with it. And then, you know, who does, who has time for all that though? Right. <laughs> Nobody. Especially if you're just like, I'm coming into the dojo and yeah. like, I'm training and I want to be fit and healthy. And I love the guys at the club and I'm just going and showing up and I don't really care about, right? Because having a downgrade for competition, it doesn't matter. You right. don't need a third down or a fifth down because you don't have these divisions. You're either a black belt or you're not a black belt. That's really how it is with the competition. You have black belt division, brown belt division sometimes, and then you have a novice division. I guess I. So in I, terms of competition, yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. Because I guess right. I kind of fell through the crack in a way too. It's, 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 pro- it's my fault, but. So yeah. when I got my second degree with USJF, yeah. I applied for a second degree in Kodokan. But the, but the problem was that Kodokan never gave me a showdown because I got my showdown through the Korean yeah. Judo Federation, which didn't apply to Kodokan. So Kodokan gave me a yeah, showdown so instead. Yeah, I so have, you to, have to get I, like a letter from them and then send it over and then have it. And then you got to backtrack right. it. And you got to talk to all these people, make phone calls, make emails, and then everybody somebody over there has to push it through it's like yeah it's like it's a i hate stuff like that you know i really do and you know nothing against them really because that's how you have to do it kind of right right there's so many there's no other way yeah because they can't have a subjective thing of like who's good let's get them all in the room and see who's working the hardest and all this stuff like there's no way to be able to do that so you kind of have to have this system yeah but it's not perfect it's not perfect but it is a system. It is a very deep and complex system of different deductions and different time uh, situations. And it's the best that we have. You know, yeah. It's the best that we have. You could hate it and criticize it all you want. Uh, but, you know, there's guys that I have know who have been doing judo for 20 years who got their showdown black belt. And then on paper, they're still showdown. They just never bother. Yeah. And, it's like, oh. and, you know, there are organizations out there that you kind of bypass a lot of this stuff, too. That's not as administrative heavy. Like if you mm. look at USA Judo, USJA, if you look uh, at their organization, they're a lot more loose with these stuff. This stuff. I see. 
I see. Because they put a lot more value on like, oh, what did you do? Like, for instance, uh, I think it's Colton, right? Mm. Colton's an Olympian. Mm. By anybody's standards, he's a superstar in judo. Right, right. He's great. He's great. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. He has he done all the administrative stuff and meticulously gone from showdown to nidan, nidan, san. Is his nidan to sandan paperwork good? All this stuff. Probably not. Right. But mm. then he's like, hey, you're Olympian. Fifth degree, sure, yeah, that's good. You know, and they probably have a system for that as well, right? Because I've seen people who are top-level competitors who never really done any of this stuff with the kata exam and this and that mm. and found the stuff, and they skipped rank and went to a certain don. And, you know, people right. hate on that, right? And then there's some people who are like, no, they're an Olympian. They should, they should have that. And, you know, that kind of stuff happens in Japan too. It happens all over the world. Right. Right? Yeah, like I yeah. remember when Inoue won an Olympic or something, they just immediately promoted him to go down. I remember this. Yeah. Something like that, you know? So it, it can be done. You know, it happens, yeah. you know, and it's not objective. That's like the, the biggest takeaway from this. Right. And yeah. I know, like in Korea, if you go to Yongin University, you get out with a third degree or That's fourth cool. degree. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. They just force you to go through and they're students. So, you know, they can for make them test. Yeah take all the tests and stuff but yeah and then yeah. they're like uh sort of isms right not isms but like kind of like for instance like if you go to japan and if mm. you're in high school getting a son a third degree black belt as a high schooler is a huge deal mm-hmm. but everyone kind of knows that if you make it to the all japan championships or you make it to the adult level national competition circuit as a high school kid which happens Right? Yeah. You automatically get a sandan. Mm-mm. Is it written anywhere? Probably not, right? Because it's like one of those things that's kind of fast and loose and it's kind of right. it's like a sort of thing. But it's it always happens. Because you could be in a room and you're like, that guy's a third degree black belt and he's still in high school. Like you hear those kinds of conversations. Mm-mm. right? And you see a showdown first degree black belt in middle school. Right. In middle school, you, have this. <laughs> you, you get this, right? Yeah. So it's like... Right in America, it's like we have uh, half belts at the right. club for kids. Yeah, right. We have white, white, yellow, yellow, uh-huh. yellow, orange, 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 green, green, and then so now we have to stuff those in the Q grade system. So they start at much higher Q level, right? So there's much uh. more ways to go, right? And a lot of schools do this too. It's like they have that. So in the beginning, it's a lot faster to give out belts. A lot shorter times in between. So it's like white to white, yellow. How long do you do that? You know, I've heard people do like gray belts. It's like, this is the belt before the white belt. You have to earn your white belt at the beginning. Uh, it's like, get a gray belt and then they immediately get promoted to white belt like three weeks in, two weeks in. The kid's like, I'm already halfway there. Like, yes. Yeah, like, kids and now all that. of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, kids get motivated. And yeah. I think it is important to have that flexibility because people are motivated by different things. Right. So the, the <clears throat> takeaway is that it is important to, for as an form of extrinsic motivation and yeah. you know keeping track of your progress and whatnot but don't yeah. be married to the idea that if someone has a black belt he or she would be a complete yeah. master of this yeah. or anything like yeah. that there's a lot more going on yep. yeah and it sounds a little hypocritical coming from a person that is doing that playing that game me right <laughs> <laughs> red and white sixth right. round doing the thing like you know keeping track of all this stuff and it does sound hypocritical when I say things like, 
Black belt is the dirty white belt, and you mm. just have to let the belt age naturally. The mm. color is going to come. It's just going to happen. Don't focus too much on it. And it seems a little hypocritical, right? But as a teacher, as a coach, it is a, a motivational tool. It's a tool, right? Right. They're indicators of where they are in their in their prog- mm. uh, the training, right? So it's also a safety thing, right? You know, and there's a there's a lot of ways to look at it, and dice it up, and you know, look at the layers, right? And for me, for me, in the adult program is different how I run it with the kids program. But white, yellow, green, brown, black for adults. Mm. Right. Right. So when I have the room, when I scan the room, it's like I know the green belts can throw down. They can do Rundori. <clears throat> but b- green versus green is a little bit dangerous. Dangerous. Right. Right. So I'm doing Rundori too physically with the people. I'm looking down the dojo at the side of my eye. I see green and green going at it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's see what's going mm. on over there immediately. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, these two greens can do it. Okay, yellow belt versus yellow belt, like that can happen as well. Newaza, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> it's a safety sort of a situation too. It's an indicator for me, you know. And based on who is motivated by what, <clears throat> I'm more likely to reward, and I'm a little bit more flexible. Mm-hmm. So it gives me right, and it's sort of all like in my head too, which right. kind of is makes it not scalable, right? And that's why people like this clear path to success because business wise, it's probably better to have that. Mm-hmm. But I like the flexibility and the way I view it as part of the dojo situation. Right. So, you know, technically, I guess from a business standpoint, the way I do it is wrong. Oh, because but it's yeah, my right. preferred method. Right. It's my preferred method. And no one can take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. In a way, because you have the flexibility, you can kind of, you have the ability to take it and everything like, you yeah. know, effort level, what's going on in their lives and stuff. And, Dude, it could take over yeah. you completely, man. The promotion yeah. cycle for the Hudson Judo situation. Right. Going a second, going a third, you know, doing this, having the proper yeah. paperwork and doing all this stuff. And it's like, does everybody know? All the black belts in the room know this. Do you want to go through that? And, you know, a lot of the people are just happy with just being able to don a black belt. Yeah. I Because what's the next yeah. one? Red and white. To get to red and white, it takes forever anyway if you're not a top-level competitor. Mm. So it's like, do you want to be bureaucratic and do all this stuff, you know, at these intervals for the next 30 years in order to achieve right. that rank. Right, right. Some people do. If you want to do it, God bless you. I'll, you do it and I'll support you and I'll sign the paperwork and say that, hey, you deserve whatever it is, if they do. But it's it's a tricky thing to... Yeah, it's very. It's a lot more complicated than right. the people think. I should I should get my uh, knee down from you should. I gotta. I, I just have to fill out the paperwork. I, you can get your yeah. knee down from Kotokan and then you could probably like backtrack and count the time and then apply for a Sandan, third yeah. degree. <laughs> then you're legit. Yeah, I know. I I think Sandan will be a good goal for me. Maybe Yodan yeah. if I can, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to go through the organization in Michigan. Oh, is that is that why? Maybe, okay. That see, this well, you don't is have the, to. Yeah. You could still do it at Hudson, yeah. but then for the Sandan for the third degree here, there's a kata portion. Right. Which so, is Katamino Nokata, which is I the Nawaza Kata. And I have to right? go so, back and practice with you guys. <laughs> you gotta yeah, you gotta do all the paperwork and then you gotta pick out the date, you have to pick out a partner, train it, come back for that date and then do it. <laughs> and there's a good chance you get a, a person that's a hard hardcore judge that says, this is garbage. You have to come back and do it in six months. <laughs> it's a good chance of that too. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out. But yeah. 
Sun done. Yeah. Well, yep. they um, maybe you think uh, you want to talk a little bit about how so the judo introduces bell system and they kind of propagate it to other martial arts. Do you yeah. know a lot about how other martial arts do? Maybe BJJ. You have a, a brown belt in BJJ, right? Yeah. 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 And I know so, they're like they're more su BJJ, subjective there, right? I think they're a lot more subjective. Right. And they put a lot of value on lineage, right? Who did mm. you get your rank from and stuff like that? And right. in jujitsu, it's like white, blue, purple, brown, black. Mm. And they have stripes in between, right? So you could be like a four-stripe blue belt, four-stripe purple belt, whatever it is. And the more stripes you get. Uh, and I hear a lot of schools just base that on time. But, you know, because they take attendance, especially when you're at a much bigger school, they have to take attendance because right. they can't keep track of everybody. But if you're at a smaller jiu-jitsu school, the instructor kind of says, you know what, I'm just going to give this guy a belt today because he's kicking everyone's butt mm. at the blue belt level, right? I kind of had a different path in BJJ. And yeah, spoken we about talked about before. it, yeah. yeah. I started, and you know, within two weeks, the guy gave me a blue belt, right? This guy, Jojo. Right. And then you know, I got a Donaher. I spent the summer training yeah. at the Donaher, and he gave me a purple belt. And then I had a judo student that... You know, it was a judo black belt and the judo uh, BJJ black belt that gave me brown. You know, and now I'm training with Brian Glick. We trade privates, mm. judo and BJJ. I teach him judo. He teaches me BJJ. And then one day I'm going to show up and he's probably going to give me a black belt. I'm not like expecting it, you know, and I'm not asking for it. But if he does, great. If he doesn't, I'm okay with that too because I'm getting better and better and better right. and better and better. And there's going to come a time one day when my Nawaza is so good that I could submit anyone and everyone that someone that's higher level than me is just going to be like, dude, you cannot be a brown belt. Take this. Just wear this. Okay? And then I could forever put that person's name on my resume. <laughs> you know? So, like, that's sort of my path. There's no clear path, right? Because I don't, right. I don't sign up for a jiu-jitsu school and I don't have that traditional training. Right. But my judo is good enough, my nawaza is good enough to kind of take this path. Like it's okay for me and it's legitimized because you, you know, try I with can show. people. Yeah. 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 And yeah. watch all these everybody now comment on my nawaza YouTube videos. Like, his <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, Pinky's facing the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> the thumb's the other way. The, yeah. uh, so. And how, I, I know, like, you you told me a lot about some of the taekwondo schools and how they're so good with the whole yeah. business side of the belt system and yep. whatnot. So how yeah. maybe we can touch on that a little bit. Like how do they yeah. approach it? So I think a lot of it is time, right? Yeah, a lot of it's time. In the beginning, it's a lot shorter, mm -hmm. right? And it's a clear path to black belt. That's always sort of the way that these people sort of have you on a syllabus mm -hmm. because you remember. Uh, going to college or something like that. If yeah, there's yeah. 200 people in the lecture, it's like, okay, you have to do the midterm, you have to do the final, and you right, have these two right. papers you have to do. Check them off. What is the grade? Average it out. That's your grade for the semester. Mm -hmm. People like that. That's scalable. You could have 200 people doing that. Right? So that and so Taekwondo schools usually take that kind of approach, like show me this Take punch, that kind of approach. Show, show me this, this punch. Show me this kata. Show me this thing. Show up this many times. And they have other extrinsic rewards too to keep the students coming back based on what their interest is mm. and how they're motivated. For instance, you get this many stripes and sometimes it's an excellent stripe or sometimes it's like an achievement stripe. Mm. Different color rewards for everything, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they keep track of this stuff. So it's like, oh, I set a goal and I achieved it. My goal was to stand up to my bully. I did it. Tensei, you get an achievement stripe. You get this and you get this many stripes, you get a patch and then you get put the patch on the chest, right? 
So like that has nothing to do with rank, but it has something to do with rewarding and you know showing off your merits, all right. that sort of a thing. Not all Taekwondo schools do it, but I know Taekwondo school owners who do it, and they have a lot of success with it because the kid that wants to train, the kid that wants to compete, the kid that wants to be fit, they're just intrinsically motivated. They're gonna show up no matter what. Right. The parents that are invested because they did Taekwondo, and I want my kid to do Taekwondo. They're going to bring that kid no matter what. Right. That kid that's kind of being forced to be there, it's like, oh, my God, like, how do you keep that kid, right? There's a good portion of kids that's just something that they're trying out for the first time, mm-hmm. right? I do tennis. I do soccer. I have chess lessons. I do taekwondo. Mm-hmm. How do you make it fun for them? And that's... Reward system. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's like really, in, you know, introducing them to the whole world of martial yeah, arts, right? It's, yeah. yeah, I mean... You know, people criticize it, but that you know, I've known Taekwondo schools to have six hundred kids. Right. You know, big Taekwondo organizations, six hundred kids. They have another one. I know a guy, you know, that had thirteen hundred students between like three locations. <sighs> you know, and of course, that's yeah. a different ballgame. Like, I right. don't want to get involved with that at all. Like, it's right. not what I want to do. But you know, more power to them. You know, right. are each and every one of those kids getting great training? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Right. If you have a teenager leading the class and just giving out patches and stripes, like I can't imagine it being like a full blown thing, you know. But like, who am I to criticize that? It's right. a different system. I don't really know it. I'm not familiar with it. I'm looking at everything through a judo lens. Right. So, right. But the belt system is very important. It's like each belt signifies something. Each belt signifies that you put in X number of classes. And mm. X number of classes equals Y number of dollars. You know right. what I mean? Because each class costs a certain amount. Yeah. Right? So that way, you know, it's a bottom line thing as well. Right. You know, so you got to take it, a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt. Grain of salt. And, yeah. You know, I have my opinions about it that I've kind of expressed a little bit. But I'm completely non-judgmental when it comes to this stuff. Right? Because you have to run your dojo the way you run your dojo. Right. Some people are very, very much so like administrative crazy, like meticulous and tedious, mm. stuff like that. Keep track of everything. I'm not like that. You know, I can't I just can't do it. If I had to keep track of every student coming in, how many classes, how many times they showed up, how many things they did, manage the paperwork and do this and that, I would lose my mind. Right. I like teaching judo. I'm gonna right. just teach judo. Yeah. I like teaching what I wanna teach. If you want to show up for that and interested in what I have to say and teach and do, then show up for that, right? And if you work hard and you if get you grow, belt. you get your belt, right? And that's just like way I like to do it. Right. But when I'm trying to progress myself in the world of ranking and organization, then I have to play their game because it's their game, mm-hmm. right? So each, every person who's standing at the top, you kind of have to play on their field that makes any sense i think that's a good summary um yeah good way to end the episode anything yeah. any closing marks closing remarks peter thank you so much oh. I, i'm gonna gift you a sandan now actually <laughs> yes it's amazing guy you know <laughs> my achievement right? makes podcasts yeah. with shintaro yeah what's your lineage you know, Sensei Shintaro gave me a sandal on the podcast. It's like, <laughs> I say no, I mean, that's my lineage. <laughs> yeah. But, cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yep. Stay tuned for the next episode. Yep. Oh, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't pretend like you're better than someone because you outrank them. Oh, yeah. We kind of. Huge, huge, huge. Maybe we touched a little bit on the Dojo Etiquette episode. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 
Don't do it that. It creates a natural hierarchy in the room. Yeah. Right. We right. don't want that. And that natural hierarchy, you know, Stanford prison experiment, dangerous <laughs> stuff. So yep. please check yourself. Right. I got to check myself too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Be nice to each other. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. But yeah. I have a red and white belt, so I can do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys cool. for listening. Thank you, yeah. Peter. Thank you.